I like to get in a room with people and basically there's nothing and then there's something. Truth be told, it's not every day you get to interview a Grammy award-winning producer and artist. Uh, We are excited for today's show as we bring you one-on-one interviews to help you get to know the heart behind the music. Welcome to Green Room Door. I'm Dave Trout. This is a production of UTR Media, and we are going to be talking today with uh, award-winning, not just award-winning, Grammy award-winning producer and artist, Charlie Peacock. So excited for this. Um, That's in the first half, and we'll uh, get introduced to a brand new instrumental jazz album that he has just released. And then, coming up in the second half of the show, we'll be talking with a phenomenal independent artist, but a name that you might recognize from the past, Sean McDonald, is still making superb music. And um, uh, he actually has a brand new album out that, uh, if you haven't heard it yet, we will introduce you to in the second half. Uh, So stick around for uh, today's wonderful interviews. Um, And before we get uh, dive into our conversation with Charlie, uh, let's get a taste of his new album, which is called When Light Flashes, Help Is On The Way. Uh, It's all instrumental, it's all jazz, but all the arrangements and songs are written and uh, arranged by Mr. Peacock. So uh, here's a clip of one of those songs, and then we'll dive into our Q&A. Uh, thank you for being on the podcast with us, Charlie. Um, this is something I've wanted to do for a long time. Uh, it's really, really a pleasure. And I uh, wanted to start out by asking you to, maybe as you look back on your whole career, I wanted to know, is there any moment that sticks out that was that you would kind of define as a big break? I've had a couple of big breaks. I'll just mention those. Uh, the first one being meeting of a fellow by the name of Steve Holzapple in Sacramento, California. I'd gone to a little eight-track studio to record my first songs, and Steve was the engineer. And after I recorded the songs, he said, hey, you don't have to pay anymore. 
I'll just do it uh, for free because I want to work with you. So he was really the first person that gave me some confidence and showed me that, wow, there might be people interested in what I'm doing. And the second one I'd mention was uh, when I was uh, getting ready to move to Nashville. I had already done a record with uh, Margaret Becker and had come to visit. And then uh, I was still living in California and um, Bill Hearn and Peter York from Sparrow Records came to a little club that I was playing at in uh, Fresno, California. And they told me, if you'll sign with us, sign an artist deal and move to Nashville, we promise you, you'll never stop working. And they were right. I mean, I put my head down and I worked for 10 years straight and did over 50 albums as a producer and several as an artist. And their word was good. And I'll always be grateful to them. You know, (laughs) even as you mentioned some of those names, it reminds me um, just how much how you're the scope of your career that you have done just about everything there is to do in the music business you've worn every hat pretty much um uh whether it's uh being a uh, uh the executive of a record label or a studio musician or touring musician recording artist producer um when you think of all the different roles that you have played through the years um, is there one that sticks out that um, you would define as maybe the m- most difficult or or the one that was the biggest challenge for you? I'd have to say label executive was probably the hardest. Uh, it was very stressful. Eventually I learned that I just needed to keep getting my music on and not my mogul on. And that was a hard lesson to learn. Wow. Um, I I want to get into your new uh, album that just released um, really soon. But um, first, I want to talk uh, about, um, I can't believe it's been all the way since 2012, but your last um, vocal project that you released, um, No Man's Land, which I just absolutely love. Um, and uh, just wanted to get your sense of um, kind of that album as a whole as you reflect back on it. Um, I'm glad you like No Man's Land. Uh, that's one of my favorites too. Making that album was really a joy because it allowed me to go back and look at the influence of uh, my two sets of grandparents um, and see how they had affected my life and how their stories could be brought into songs and I could I could sing in a way that reflected the voices that I grew up on people from Oklahoma and people from Louisiana and I tried to put that into the music and make uh, this sort of rich stew of of all the uh, influences that I'd soaked up as a young boy and to actually include some of those stories in the songs as well and mystery Lord 
If you didn't have enough hats to wear already, um, you uh, in recent years have been involved in higher education uh, at Lipscomb, um, and, and I think that uh, role has uh, uh, recently kind of stepped away from that. So just wanted to find out uh, kind of what you were doing at Lipscomb and, and sort of the, the season that you're walking through uh, just uh, in recent days. Yes, I was hired by Lipscomb University to create a contemporary music program for them. And then uh, not too long after that, I became the director of the School of Music. And it was a a huge challenge, uh, not unlike um, the uh, music executive challenge that I talked about just a minute ago. And uh, I loved it, and I especially loved the students. But kind of like the music executive thing, uh, I was a short-distance runner, and I could uh, get it up and running and um, take the ball pretty far down the field. But at some point, I was going to sort of burn out and, and uh, realize that somebody else would be better um, taking it all the way uh, down the field. And and I'm okay with that. Um, I did get quite sick um, in the process and spent most of last year uh, fighting an illness. So, um, you know, they, I don't blame Lipscomb University for that. But it's just like many things that I've done in my life where I've been interested in so many different things. And I'll, I'll go off and chase that rabbit for a time and some of them are really good and beautiful and true and they stick with me and others were just a moment um, not something that I regret but just something that uh, was not sustainable and I would mm. say uh, becoming the uh, director of the school of music at Lipscomb was one of those wow wow oh that's that's incredible um yeah, yeah, that 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 actually reminds me of the uh, Pastor Irwin McManus quote. Uh, he he said, "Humility is is not about um, uh, poor, no, no, low self image or poor self esteem. Um, humi- humility is about self awareness." And so, kudos on uh, kind of knowing your limitations and. Um, uh, knowing when to pass the baton to someone else—that's that's, that's um, I think a really 
uh, a way to to lead humbly. So uh, good on you. Um, well, uh, let's dive into the brand new record that just came out um, last month. Uh, the new album is called When Light Flashes, Help is on the Way. And it's really fantastic. Uh, I mean, very easy to listen to, relax to, really authentic jazz. And um, just uh, didn't see this coming exactly. So how long uh, has jazz been a part of your life? Have you been a student of jazz for a while or is this more of a new thing? I've been writing jazz music uh, for a long, long time. But uh, it took a while before I started making records that represented not only my compositional skill or playing skill, but my, my love for it and that the music has been a big part of my life. Um, my father was a player and uh, he taught me a lot uh, with respect to um, um, music theory and harmony. And then I had other teachers as well. Uh, I am self-taught as a, as a piano player. Um, it, it may be the reason why I'm not that good at it, but, <laughs> but nevertheless, I love the music and I have poured myself into it uh, at different times. There's a, a record called Arc of the Circle that I did with Jeff Coffin, which is improvisational duets, and then uh, a solo piano album uh, called Lemonade. And both of those really represent probably the best of my uh, piano playing. But Jeff has been uh, a, just a comrade in the making of these records, and I'm very grateful for him to uh, allow me to play with him because he's a monster of a player. Yeah, nice. Uh, when you uh, look at the making of this album, and maybe even in con- contrasting it against um, the the making of some of your prior albums, um, how was this album different? Um, what? Uh, how did you approach the making of this album uh, in a in a special way? I'm such a fan of improvisational music. It really doesn't matter the style. I, I like to get in a room with people and basically there's nothing and then there's something. 
And I think that's one of the great delights of being a musician and also being a musician of my generation because we all learned how to improvise. And you could essentially say, here's a tempo and here's a key, and uh, we would all speak the same language. And so it may have been something that wasn't uh, pure jazz, but at the same time it was people um, listening to each other and responding to each other. And really, almost all my music um, begins at that place. It begins at a place of improvisation. Uh, I want to get lost in the music first before I start organizing it. Very good. Uh, I have just uh, one more question for you. Um, kind of, kind of on the topic of legacy. When you kind of look back on your career, um, what, what really? Um, what do you think of when you reflect and think about um, the career that you've had? Well, in many ways, uh, I've had a charm life in that I've received a life I didn't deserve. I'm very grateful to God for that, for rescuing me, for giving me meaning, and for bringing life to uh, the small gifts and talents that I have. Without Jesus in my life, I literally would not be anywhere. Yeah. Uh, amen to that. Well said. Thank you. Uh, good good spot to end it here. Thank you, Charlie, so much for uh, joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Dave. Uh, God bless you. <laughs> yes. Oh, what an honor. Uh, just a delight to talk to Charlie Peacock today on the show. Oh, so hope you enjoyed that uh, conversation and would highly encourage you to check out his brand new album that just came out last month. When Light Flashes, Help Is On The Way. It's um, a new jazz album. And you know what? I, I I'm, I'm not a jazz aficionado. I, I don't you know, sit around listening to Miles Davis albums that often, uh, occasionally, you know, put on some jazz music here or there, but I I don't do it that often. But if you want to have something in your music collection that is just, it just sort of sets a chill vibe mood in your house, you know, you just sometimes need something creative um, sometimes even instrumental is a benefit. Um, this is a perfect album for that. Uh, it's just very creative, very vibey. The, the, the musicians that he has assembled are just world-class. Um, so I, I couldn't recommend it enough. Um, and you can find, uh, that album, on iTunes, Amazon, um, and uh, I believe his website is charliepeacock.com. Now, after the break, we're going to dip into the vaults. Yes, uh, we have the luxury of having a huge back catalog of terrific interviews with artists from our Under the Radar era, and uh, we're going to be talking, uh, playing kind of a classic interview we did several years ago um, with... A fantastic singer-songwriter Sean McDonald and he has a brand new album and we're going to play a couple clips from that album as well so you get a taste of the new music so uh, that's coming up in the second half of Green Room Door
This UTR podcast is sponsored by the new album from Knoxville songwriter Adam Whipple. The Broken Seasons by Adam Whipple is a full-length album with songs of truth and grace. RabbitRoom.com says this album will deeply reward you. Find The Broken Seasons by Adam Whipple on iTunes or at AdamWhipple.com. Thanks to our podcast sponsor, Old Bear Studio. If you're an indie Christian artist looking for a home, a place where the mixers, the engineers, the producers, the musicians care about you as a person, as an artist, and the music you're creating, a place that thinks differently and creatively about how to make a record using analog principles with the latest technology, a place that doesn't just care about your cash, they care about you and the the art you're making, and and will work within your tight budget. Yes, that is music to an indie artist's ears. They would love to invite you to come make the trek to beautiful upstate New York and make your next record at Old Bear Studio. And their full service, they can help you with photo shoots, album artwork, even music videos. Start by filling out the short questionnaire at oldbearstudio.com. And while you're there, you can check out some of the albums that they've made and watch one of the episodes in the Harmonize Sounds video series. Once again, that's oldbearstudio.com. Now through April 16th, you can enter to win one of our biggest prizes ever, a brand new Apple iPad mini. Now you can browse or download all of UTR Media's content on one device. You might do other important things with a new iPad mini, like start a Bible reading plan, take videos on your next vacation, or get a new high score on Candy Crush. It's quick, easy, and free to enter the contest for the new iPad mini. Throw your name in the hat at utrmedia.org. Welcome back. Okay, this does admit some bias on my part. Um, I I don't think that record labels are the devil. (laughs) I don't think that they um, hurt in all cases. Uh, But I think that they can get in the way sometimes because, let's face it, the record label's objective is to make the most money possible. And even if that means sacrificing the, the artistic quality to make something that's more consumable and more radio friendly, um, that, that they will all, <laughs> 10 times out of 10, they will choose that route, the route that offers them more money. So it's always interesting when an artist uh, who was once on a record label becomes an independent artist and all the boundaries and, and the sandbox that they had been given into play in, you know, the walls are removed. The, and they're given almost limitless direction and very little constraints. And sometimes beautiful things can happen. And I would vouch for that being the case for our next interview guest, uh, I'm talking about Sean McDonald. Um, if you haven't heard much of him of late, 
Um, well, let me rewind the clock. This is what you might remember him from. Um, this is uh, a track from early in his career when um, he was on a record label and it was being pumped out to radio stations across the U.S. Check this out. funny thing is that that song actually kind of sounds fresh and hip and cool even today but that was from 14 years ago yeah uh, that's uh, 2004 is when that was released to Christian Radio uh, the a single from Sean McDonald from his uh, debut project and I'll be honest I mean a lot Christian Radio has changed a lot but you know, CCM radio just didn't know what to do with an artist like Sean McDonald. And I think that, um, you know, the record labels that he was on uh, and, you know, through the next decade, basically uh, kept trying to feed him into that CCM machine. And, and they, they just, yeah, you know, it was hard, I think, to find traction there. I am excited. <laughs> I'm actually really excited that he is now an independent artist, can can has all the creative freedom in the world, and um, is making really beautiful stuff that you will want to hear. Um, now, uh, I think one of the detriments of moving from uh, being an artist on a record label to independent is that you lose a huge, you're used to a support system. You're used to people doing a lot of work on your behalf, but as an independent artist, for the most part, you're on your own or, or you have to hire a team around you. And it's, it's harder and harder to get the word out about the music that you're creating and releasing. And I had no clue until just a couple of weeks ago that Sean McDonald has released a new album this year. In fact, it's it's only about um, a little over a month old at the time we're releasing this podcast, um, and it's fantastic. It's it's it actually one of the best albums of the year, and um, I just hope that more people will discover it and find out about it, and maybe this podcast is a way to get the word out. So before um, we are going to play an interview with Sean. But it's actually an older interview that we re-recorded back um, in the archives. Uh, we sat down with him actually in a green room backstage uh, at Elmhurst Christian Reformed Church um, right after a concert and talked to him in August of 2011. Some of this interview we, we've edited down a little bit if there's a, a really dated reference, but um, for the most part, you're going to love the Q&A that we had. Some of it did air back uh, in the under the radar days, um, but that was over six and a half years ago. So most of you uh, either never heard it or simply don't remember it. So it won't hurt to revisit it. Um, and plus, some of these um, answers that he gave um, never have aired anywhere before. So um, we're going to visit with Sean McDonald. But first, uh, let's check out a clip of the opening track 
from his brand new album. Um, this song is called Great Big World, and his new project is called The Search. It's a great So let me start. Um, when did you first have a desire to pursue music as a full-time career choice? Well, um, the pursuit of music uh, for me is something it kind of came over a little bit of a period of time. Um, I, uh, I started writing and, and playing music more as a, um, it really kind of came out of a worship thing for me. I, I, uh, you know, I'd kind of become a new believer, and and um, I was going to this college group um, at this church um, across town, and and I just really there was for me there was a lot of peace and joy and connection and worship um, with God and stuff, and so I I started going to the worship leader and just was like, hey man, I would love to get the chord sheets of these songs. I'd love to learn them at home, and and so that's kind of that's where my playing started. That's why I started playing the guitar to begin with. I just wanted to sing these songs in kind of the quiet of my home. And, um, and so started doing that. And then I just kind of developed a love for it. I, I didn't even realize how much I loved it until I started doing it all the time. And, and so then I started kind of dabbling with the idea of kind of creating my own songs and, and saying the things that were going on inside of me. And, and so I started attempting to do that and, um, kind of was didn't really share it with anybody. It wasn't something that I was like doing, and uh, and then eventually I just kind of started, kind of just slowly sharing songs as I got courage, showing showing to my friends, and my friends were kind of like, "Dude, you need to share these with more people," and um, and so I just slowly, kind of gradually eased into the sharing of it, and um, and the response was just um, it was kind of overwhelming. I just kind of started getting asked to play here and there, and um, started getting um, shows all the time and people asking and and so I was just kind of like okay this is cool and so I kind of just dove into it thinking God had opened this door you know I'm just gonna kind of pursue this and see what happens and um, and it just it just kind of took off and um, I just I guess at some point I just kind of decided okay I'm I'm gonna follow God I I, I trust that you're you're guiding me in this and leading and so I just kind of started diving into it and um and it yeah that's good yeah yeah now you're someone that has um been very open about just having walked through a lot of different hardships in life and i'm wondering if you feel that the hardships have caused you to write music from a maybe a deeper place or or is it the opposite? Have have the hardships made it 
even more difficult to find the inspiration that you need to write. Yeah, I I I would say that hardship. Um, I think it deepens any soul. You know, like I, I we go through hard things. Um, I, I believe there's reason in everything mm-hmm. in life, and 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 so being that I've been through these things, I think it gives me a deeper appreciation is and a deeper awareness of just of what's out there and um for whatever reason i i I, i've always felt this i just feel god has called my life and my music my ministry to brokenhearted people like i just always felt that and i think the reason is is because i've been there before you know my life has come from a very broken-hearted place and um God has healed me from so much and so i think it just naturally connects you know and 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 at the same time i just Music, I believe, is something that should be honest and real, and um, there's enough stuff out there that um, I feel is forced and, and just kind of. Sometimes I hear songs, and I just wonder, just like, did these people really believe this, mm-hmm. or is it just something that they they sing? Because um, I can't always I can't always digest everything that I hear, but um, I've just always tried to to just you know like talk about life issues and and maybe even talk about stuff that not everybody's talking about, you mm-hmm. know and um and yeah so uh what was it like to uh do some collaboration with Josh Garrels Josh um he's awesome he is a cool dude man and um Josh is somebody that I've I've been a fan of for years and I love his music and I love his heart and his ideas and he's such an interesting character and and so we, I've tried to bring him out on the road with me. I've tried to do tours with him, and nothing's ever really worked out. And so we've just kind of emailed back and forth over the years, um, kind of played phone tag a few times, but not really ever hung out a whole lot. And so then I was, like, making this record, and I wrote that. I wrote the kind of the chorus part of, of Control, and I just couldn't, for life of me, I couldn't write any verses to it. And I just, it just the vibe and the the place that we had gotten the song i was just like i just feel like it needs some kind of hip-hop or something i feel like it needs a rap guy and i was just like but i don't want that every kind of rap you hear all the time i want something interesting and different and like creative and and so i just i just shot in the dark and i just sent an email over to josh and i was like hey i've got this song and i feel like you are supposed to be on it i feel like you would like fit it perfectly and um i just like would you be interested in maybe being a part of this and and so i shot him over the song and he was like yeah i'd love to and so he he just started writing for it and um wrote the the line the two verses that he did and then um recorded them and then recorded them over the version we sent and then sent it back to us to kind of see what i thought and i was just like oh my gosh dude this is insane this is great it turned out awesome um and so that was kind of how it happened it was it was just kind of a random thing it wasn't really planned it just kind of happened I also say all my love and hallelujah let go of the plans and demands that would maintain control of your heart and your head and your spirit and soul I'm a lovesick man and my love makes me bold and I'll crawl through the wild through the fire and the cold and I'll whisper your name down every desolate road until I find you again and I'll make sure you know that my love will never die and then since then we've actually hung out and 
we spent some life together, but um, it was, it was, yeah, it was good. Cool. Yeah, nice. So when you um, look back on your career so far, um, what is, you know, a project, a song, an album that, you know, maybe it didn't, um, you know, didn't get all the radio attention or whatever, but you wish that, you know, you you really poured your heart and soul into it. You wish that more people would discover it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think... I think one of my record, I th- one of the records that really never got any attention at all was Ripen, um, which for me it's strange because it's like it was my my sophomore project. It was right after Simply Nothing, and Simply Nothing had all these radio hits, you know, and all this stuff. And then I come out with Ripen, and nobody got it. Mm-hmm. And but if you listen to the heart and the depth of Ripen, it is so extremely deep comparative to the first record mm-hmm. I like and I did that on purpose and it's it's a very melancholy kind of like moody record and the whole record is just about like this yearning and desire to be deep and closer to God and um, you know like from start to finish it was kind of a thematic record and it was very like up and down and um, it's one of those records that I wish people would have got more and I don't know if they ever will you know because it seems like the stuff that people like that I do is the more kind of boppy poppy stuff you know and i get it um but yeah there's there's definitely some songs on there that i love um there's a song called i am nothing it's one of my it's one of my favorite songs i play it live quite a bit and um but it's one of those ones that i don't know if everybody gets it you know it's you know like it's it's thematically pretty deep and it's just talking about kind of getting deep in um my own sin and, and kind of the, you know, just talking about the, the deception and the tragedy of, of our lives and, and, um, and then wanting freedom in the, mm-hmm. in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I love it. And another song is off of, um, roots that, that I love. It's at the end of roots and it's just too slow. I don't know if it ever do radio, but it's called hallelujah. And it's just one of those songs that I'd, I just love to meditate to it. Like I almost like to just kind of sit back and kind of soak it in. Cause it just, it's very epic and, beautiful that's great okay i have one more question for you this is just for fun off the wall um because i think it's fun uh if you could let us know a little bit more about sean mcdonald the person like tell us a bit about um maybe just what you love or what you um just kind of what your passions are or whatever away from music away from the recording studio you know what just tell us a little bit more about sean mcdonald the guy i mean i I, i'm i'm really a dork man when it comes down to it i just like if my friends would be like you have no idea he is the goofiest dude you've ever met i just like i'm i'm kind of strange and when i'm out and about I'm, i'm pretty introverted so it takes me a while to like really warm up to people but um home life I'm uh, you know like I'm just kind of goofy and silly and whatever but I'm a big I'm an avid fly fisherman that's kind of my hobby to do I do that quite often um but yeah I just I like to be outside man and um hanging out with friends I like to barbecue I like to cook a lot and that kind of thing and um have people over I love to entertain and you know like share the things that God has given me with other people so that tends to be 
life when when I'm home and yeah. and whatnot, and um, have a couple dogs that I play around with a lot. Um, I got an old English bulldog that is just a tank, and he's <laughs> trouble. And then I got a little uh, Las Opso that's just a fur ball. It's kind of the strangest mix of dogs ever, really. It's kind of funny to watch me walk them, but um, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Cool, cool. Thanks, thanks. That's cool. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, such an innovative and creative songwriter, uh, crafter of melodies. Um, Sean McDonald, yes, and that was a classic interview. I remember it vividly. I was actually nervous doing that interview, um, and uh, <laughs> that was at Elmhurst Christian Reformed Church in the green room. Yes, an actual green room interview that was recorded in August of 2011. We will occasionally dip back into the archives from our under-the-radar days and find some some really good nuggets of interviews that we uh, can dust off and are worth checking out again. That one, definitely worth listening to again. And uh, many of you probably listened to it for the first time. Plus, it gives us an excuse to plug his new record because I've seen hardly any publicity for it. So... I'm guessing you probably haven't seen much publicity for it either. So check out, uh, it's kind of ironic that the album is called The Search. <laughs> and you, uh, you you will be rewarded if you take that search for his new album um, because it's really, really good music. Um, so uh, it's it's wherever you wherever you love music, wherever you buy it, find it, it's it's there. And it came out just over a month ago in uh, late January 2018. And in fact, uh, a little cookie for you. After we say goodbye, we're going to play one full song from his new project, The Search, um, which I'm sure you will love. Well, hope you enjoyed the interviews today. If you love what you hear, leave a rating and review at Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, and folks will be able to find us easier if you do that. So uh, thank you. And you can spread the word through social media as well. Well, I'm Dave Trout. We will see you next time right here at Green Room Door, a production of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Chicago, Illinois and online at utrmedia.org. You don't have to tell me how to breathe. You don't have to tell me how to breathe. I do it naturally. I do it naturally You don't have to tell me how to dance You don't have to tell me how to dance I do it naturally I do it naturally Cause this body of mine Knows just what to do Bone wrestling with perfection to the better part of me comes shining through. Just give it time.
I do it naturally. I do it naturally. 